praise the Lord for our children and our children's leaders and all that is going on downstairs this morning. I praise the Lord for that. I pray that they hear his message clearly and have an opportunity to uh, make a decision for the Lord one day soon. Um, I, just, I just praise the Lord for what he's doing what he's doing in the lives of our children as they, as they grow up. And, and you know what, parents? Parents and grandparents, you have a responsibility. You have a tremendous responsibility. And that is to teach them and to allow them to be taught. And you've got to be careful what they're being taught, too. It's important. And so I just praise the Lord for... Praise the Lord for all of that. Well, it's good to see all of you this morning. And um, turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 10. Last week we were talking about Peter again. Talking about Peter's journey. And if you will remember, God, through Peter performed two miracles, and that was that Aeneas and Dorcas were raised, one from paralysis for eight years, the other, the other was raised from, raised from the dead, uh, something that, um, again, again, there's only one that does miracles, and who is that? God. God is the only one that performs miracles. Do you believe he still performs miracles today? Okay. And he, and he performs miracles so that his power may be seen, so that his power may be seen, so there can be no doubt whatsoever. No, you, you know, I, I'm, um, man has tried to take credit, man has tried to take credit for God's work for years and years, for for many years. But we know, but we know that only God, only God can do these things. And and when and when man when man professes or proclaims that that he was able to do that or that she was able to do that, then we know. Then then we know what that what that is. And it's important it's it's important especially as you know we're in the end times, right? We're in, the, we're in the last days, in a, in a, in a matter of speaking, and, you, you know, the, the Antichrist will rise up. The, there, there will be many different things. There will be false teachers, false prophets. There will be all kinds of things that rise up, and we must be able to say that is false. That is untrue. That is not, that is not of the Lord. And so, Peter, you know, the last time we saw him, was in a place called Joppa, there on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. He was there, there in Joppa with a man named Simon the Tanner. And we spent some time 
And I know that the other, other group, I'm not, you know, I've, I've made the comment, I'd like to know sometimes what you all's discussion, how it goes, because I know how ours goes, and I'd like to know how y'all's goes. And, you know, since, um, since we've been discussing all of this, and, and by the way, if you're not a part of a home group, you ought to be a part of a home group. You ought to, you ought to come and sit down with us, because what we do is we break this out, we break this out, and we dig, and we dig as deep as we can dig in the time that we have to uh, talk about, to talk about what, um, everything that we can pull from it, everything that we can pull from it, glean from it, learn from it, grow from it, and go from it. So, so Peter, Peter, that apostle, that apostle who, um, you, you remember his journey. You know the journey he's been on. And so, he, so here he is. And Peter is going to go on a journey. Peter is going to go on a journey. Cornelius is going to go on a journey. Cornelius' family is going to go on a journey. Here's the thing I want you to c- catch as we read this. Because I'm not going to just read part of the story. I'm going to read the whole story so that you don't miss any of it. But here's the thing I want you to see. And I want you to think about what God is doing in your life or what God has brought into your life or any of these things. But God orchestrates many different things. And God, and God may be working with a person over here and a person over here and this person over here and this person over here have no idea that they're about to come together. That they're about to come together and because of what God is doing, because of what God is doing to carry out His perfect will and his perfect plan that things are happening things are happening behind the scenes things are happening right in front of us things are going on you remember I told you it's not always it's not always about where you what you do what you're doing right this moment or where you're at right this moment it's because God is positioning you for something else and you don't even know what's coming, but, but you're doing all of these things. And because you're doing all of these things, you might think, well, wow, look at, look at what we did. Look at what we did. But yet it was, it was more to get you into the place where, where he needs us to be at, at a particular moment. And so let's read it and let's see what God does. Starting in chapter 10, verse 1 of Acts. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and, and send for Simon, whose surname was Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius took two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went on, went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry 
and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had, who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by, the, by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself, am, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised on the third day and showed him openly, 
not to all the people, but to the witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter, because of the gift, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our dear, most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you and we praise you, Father, for all that you are doing, for the work that you are doing, for the work that you were doing then, the work that you are doing now. Lord, thank you that you are in the business of saving lives. And Lord, I, I pray right now for every person that, that hears this message. Lord, I pray, for those, I pray for those that will hear from us, Lord, because of this message. Lord, I, I pray that you would do a work through your word. Lord, that you would illuminate your word. Lord, and that you would do in this time and in this place what only you can do. Lord, we pray that this place would be filled by your spirit, filled with your spirit, that each one of us, each one of us filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, walking in the way that you would have us to walk, talking in the way that you would have us to talk, acting in the way that you would have us to act. And Lord, I thank you for the way that you orchestrate things in our lives, things that only, only you could do. And Lord, thank you that you let us see what you are doing. So Lord, take this time and do with it as only you can. We give you the praise, honor, and glory. All this you most precious and holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so here is this man named Cornelius, this man in the Roman military, in an Italian regiment. He's a centurion. And so you wonder, what does that mean? What does it mean about who this guy is? There's a good chance that he probably, depending on how long he had been a centurion, he either oversaw 80 people or he oversaw 100, 120, 150 people, just depending on how long he had been a centurion, whether he was a, just a, a, the longer you stay, the more people you oversee. You hear that, Zach? The longer you stay, the more people you will oversee. And um, so, now, what we, what we must not do what we must not do is we must not look at a person as any more, any more than what they, than what they really are. And, and, and so, so what, am I, what am I trying to say there? You're going to run into all kinds of different people in your life. Okay, you're going to run into people, you're going to run into people that... Um, I tell you, you know where I run into the, the most interesting group of people a lot of times, and I, and I hate to say it this way, but it's, but it's sometimes, and is 
at a funeral. I, run, I, I speak sometimes, and, and you, you have no idea who you're speaking to. You have no idea who, who is there as you are speaking. And, and so, um, and, and I remember going the last time we were in Africa. The last time we were in Africa. You know, when we go to Africa, we, we kind of get our marching orders from Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris tells us where he wants us to go. And we, from there, we go. And we go house to house and, and door to door. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting the way they set this up. About when Peter shows up, um, you know, they talk about that gate thing we'll see in Africa. That's a big deal because everybody's um, house or the place where they live is um, surrounded by a fence and there's a gate. And, you, you know, some gates are a whole lot nicer than other gates, but everybody's got a gate. And, and, and you know, you, you, um, your first uh, cocoa, your first cocoa, in other words, knock, knock, your first cocoa is... From the gate, you're you're hollering out from the gate, and and you're you're making that greeting from the gate because you know that's the first point of entry into this family's life. In a matter of speaking, is is through that through that gate. So so here here this person is Cornelius, um, you know, a a, a rel- relatively high ranking official. Okay, he's a he's a Roman official. Okay, so he was, he was probably, um, when, when, they, when they looked at the Romans, now, you know, we're going to get a testimony that he was well-liked among the nation of the Jews. In fact, his religion, that's probably how he got it in the first place. Because you've got to remember, as a Roman, as a Roman, their religion, in a matter of speaking, was to worship who? It was to worship the emperor. It was to worship the emperor, and so for for a man to for, for a man to be considered devout who feared God, he he received his education from probably from somewhere else. And in 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 the way I the way I read this is that it was probably a Jewish background. He probably had a he he probably was trained by um, Jewish folk. They said it gave alms to the people, prayed to God always. And you know what? We must be careful. We must be careful as we, as we look at people, as we, as we wonder where they are in their journey. We must be careful to think they're farther along in their journey than they actually are. Because there, would some, there, there are some that might believe that this group of people were saved because of the way they act, because of the thing they, things they do, that, that they already knew the Lord. And only the Lord knows who does and who does not. But, but in this situation, we're going to see how God is orchestrating something. And because, because Cornelius was, because Cornelius was, Praying and was the, the, the type of man he was, it came before God. It came before God in a way that he received a vision, that an angel, that an angel came to him. Okay, so, so you got to remember now, Cornelius is a, he's an army officer, he's, and, and, and he leads all of these different things, and, and, here this, and here this moment occurs where this vision comes. And, he's, and, the, and the angel is very clear, the angel is very clear about what he's to do, 
about what he's to do, and that is to send for Peter. You'll find him in this place, and, and, and so on. So the first part of God's orchestration is what he's doing in Cornelius' life. And here, here's something, and, and I'll, just, I'll just say this, and maybe we'll come back to it, maybe we won't. But this is a good example of what happens when the patriarch of the family, when the, when the man of the household takes on leadership in his household and leads, and leads his entire household to the Lord. The statement that I've, that I've heard is, when the man, or when the father, when the family. When the man, when the father, when the family. Mom has, can have a tremendous impact on, on children and grandchildren and things like this, but when the father, when the family. And so, as it goes on, so there's what's happening with Cornelius. So Cornelius gets these three people together and tells them why they're going to Joppa. Why they're going south to Joppa from Caesarea to go get Peter. Now there's Peter. It says that, he, that he's up on the rooftop praying. Well, that was not an abnormal thing for people to do. But Peter's on the, on the rooftop. He's praying. Gets hungry, falls into a trance. In the midst of the trance, gets a vision of a sheet coming down with all of these four-footed animals. All of these what would be considered unclean or common animals. All of these things that you're not supposed to eat of. Meat strained by blood and all of these kinds of things. All of these Jewish traditions. All of these things. And yet, God is showing him this vision. And, and you know, not only did he show it to him once, but it was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Okay, so he got three times. He got three times of the vision. God was trying, God was going to make his point. God was going to make his point, preparing Peter, preparing Peter for what was to come. Because Peter, at the moment of the vision, what was going on? He had been praying, he was hungry, fell in a trance, vision shows up. He doesn't understand what the vision's about. He's just trying to figure out, why would, God, why would God do this? How many times have we had things happen and we go, God, why did this happen this way? God, why, why is it working out this way? And I, and I tell you, and I tell you, he might tell you right away, and then again, it might take a little while. Patience is the, is the key to this thing. So Peter, so Peter in that vision, in that vision that he sees, um, sees something that makes no sense to him, but yet he gets the message that whatever God has cleansed, you are not to call unclean or common. So, Cornelius has, has seen the vision, has people coming to get Peter. Peter see, has a vision and, it, and has now seen this sheet with these, with these things and, he's trying to, and they're trying to figure out. And then the next thing you know, the people that were sent from Joppa arrive or from Caesarea arrive in Joppa to get Peter and they're there at the gate and God tells Peter that these people are coming. These people are coming to get him, not to, not to be afraid to go with them. And so you see how God is working this out? Has God ever done anything like that in your life? Has God, has God ever orchestrated anything in your life? Let me tell you my, t my, my salvation story. 
Let me tell you my, my testimony for just a moment. 16 years old. 16 years old, I was, um, I was just like every other teenager, okay? And anyway, at 16 years old, I decided to attend a youth event, a youth retreat at a place called Eagle Irie, okay? Eagle Irie, there in Lynchburg. Okay, and I, and I was a part of, I, I, met, I had some friends that were a part of the youth group at Chester Baptist Church. And so, you know, I started going to that, and I, I had a, there, there were youth leaders, and I can just about name every one of them, but there were youth leaders, and then, and then I decided also to become a volunteer firefighter when I was 16 years old. I don't recommend that to anybody else, but I, rec- at 16 years old, I became a volunteer firefighter. Well, it, it seems that one of my youth leaders, named Lynn Church, was also the volunteer district chief of fire station number one back then when I became a volunteer. And so Lynn Church, being one of my youth leaders, and Lynn Church being my volunteer district chief, um, felt it was his responsibility to tell my dad, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to take care of him. Now, there were ways that he took care of me that I wished he hadn't. One of them was he wouldn't let 16 to 18-year-olds go in burning buildings. Okay? And, uh, but anyhow, the other thing was he shared Jesus with me. He shared Jesus with me. And y- you know what? It wasn't, like, it wasn't like it was one time and out. It, was, it seemed like Lynn was a part of my life everywhere I ended up, everywhere I went. And the next thing you know, um, there at Eagle Irie, I prayed and asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I prayed and asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life there. And, it, and again, God orchestrated all of, that, all of that to turn out the way that it did so that... I would clearly hear the gospel, clearly hear the gospel, and have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so that's my story. And so Cornelius has sent for Peter. The men have arrived. They're at Simon the Tanner's house. And, you know, we talked about in home group, we talked about why was he at Simon the Tanner's house? What difference did it make? Some say it made no difference whatsoever. Some say it was just so that he would be exactly where God wanted him to be, when God wanted him to be there. But yet, I still think that Peter was on a journey to figure out that, you know what, it doesn't matter who a person is. The gospel is for every person. The gospel is for everybody. And that's the journey that Peter's on, and that's what Peter's figuring out. And, you know, he's still trying to figure out, you know, why is it that this vision came to me? And then the next thing you know, the next day they leave and they all head, and he takes people with him. He takes people with him, and they go to Cornelius' house. They go to Cornelius' house. Now, you've got you to keep in mind, Peter had no clue who Cornelius was. How many of us are willing, how many of us are willing to go wherever God sends us, to whoever God sends us, whenever God sends us, simply because God sent us? How many of us are willing to do that? How many of us are willing to go wherever the Lord sends us? You you know what? And there are times that you're going to run into mean people. There are times that you're going to run into, um, you name it, you're going to run into them. You're going to run into them. 
And it's very easy, it's very easy to have a bad attitude about that person because of what they said or how they acted or whatever. But, but here's what I challenge you with. Here's what I challenge you with every person that you come in contact with. And you know what? I got to work on this myself, okay? I'm not too great at this either. But here's the thing. To look at that person the way God looks at that person. To see that person the way the Lord sees that person and not the way, not the way because, you, you know what? There's a whole lot of people that you won't share with because they don't act right. You understand that? There's a lot of people that we won't talk to because we don't like them. And I tell you that Jesus died for all. So Peter comes to Cornelius' house. He gets there, and the first thing that happens, he walks in the door. Cornelius sees him. You've got to remember, this is the person that the angel told Cornelius to send for and all this kind of stuff. And Peter walks in, and the first thing that Cornelius does is drops down and worships him. You got to remember, you know, it was pro- Cornelius was probably dealing with the fact an angel came and, and spoke to me in my, while I was praying and fasting and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and now this person has showed up at my door and all of this. And, and it, wouldn't you think that'd be just a tad bit overwhelming? Just a tad bit overwhelming. And Peter, Peter lifts him up and said, listen, I'm, I'm just a man. I'm just a man. And so... The greeting occurs, and Cornelius takes him, takes him into this place in his house, and guess what? It's no longer just Cornelius. It's now the entire household. It's friends. It's relatives. It's who knows how many people were there in that house at that time. Who knows, who knows how big a house it was and how many people it held. But there he was. But there he was, and there all those people were, and they, what were they ready for? What were they ready for? They were ready to hear from God. They were ready to hear from God. And and why were they ready to hear from God? Who got the vision? Who got the vision? Cornelius got the vision. Cornelius got the vision. They didn't get the vision, but yet they're there to hear what God has to say through Peter. Now, why is that? Why is that that all those people were willing to gather in Cornelius' house to hear what God had to say? Why is it? Because Cornelius was leading the way Cornelius was supposed to lead a household and lead a family. Guys, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me as the, as the head of your household? As the one who leads your household, it's that important. And so Cornelius, when Peter says, you, you know, Peter throws out that piece that, you know what, it's unlawful for a Jewish, for a Jewish man to be here. It's unlawful for me to, you, you know that, but so, so therefore, why am I here? Why am I here? And, and Cornelius lays it out. Lays out the part about the praying and the vision and everything and, and is very specific in, Peter, you're the one that was supposed to come and speak to us. And we are all gathered. We are all gathered. Folks, I don't even get that in church. Do you understand that? I don't even get that. 
Now, now, don't, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love seeing every one of your faces. And I want to keep seeing your faces. And, and you know what? I'd love to see more faces. I, I really would. But, but for people to say, feed me, feed me, bring it, bring it. Did you come really ready for me to bring it or for God to bring it through his word? I pray you did. I pray you're excited and hungry for what, for what the Word has, for what the Word has. How many of you are hungry? <laughs> Don't answer, <laughs> even though somebody did. Okay, but, so, okay, so you're hungry. Okay, and you know what happens when you're hungry. Okay, you know what happens when you're hungry. Sheets come from heaven. I'll just say that. So Peter and Cornelius and the whole household have met, and now the stage is set for whatever Peter is going to say. One of these moments where, you know what? Praise God, Peter was ready. Peter was always ready to speak. He was always ready to give a defense. He was always ready to share. And what did he share? Because, and I tell you again, and we talked about this, we talked about this, that you know what? Never, ever be afraid to share the gospel. Never, ever be afraid to share the gospel. I don't care if you share the gospel with a bunch of saved people, a bunch of people that already know Christ. I don't care. Share it anyway. Share the gospel anyway. Because you'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong sharing the gospel. Because you never know what effect sharing the gospel will have. Heard about this person. Heard about this person. He was the worship pastor at First Baptist Jacksonville. Now, most of you have never been to First Baptist Jacksonville. But First Baptist Jacksonville is a very, it's, it's a city church. It's a city church that encompasses a city block. Okay? It's a huge place. There are all kinds of people. The worship pastor for this church, the worship pastor for this church, led this humongous choir. I mean, there were hundreds of people in the choir. I mean, it was amazing. You go there, you go there, and it's just, it, as choirs go, probably one of the best choir experiences I've ever seen or been a part of, okay, as choirs go. And then we learn, now he's been leading this choir, he's been, lead, he's been a worship pastor and all this kind of stuff for the longest kind of time. And then all of a sudden, we learn that the worship pastor got saved. We learned that the worship pastor got saved. It shook the staff up, it shook the whole church up. It shook everybody up. Folks, I don't know if y'all remember, but we were here having a revival. We were here having a revival a number of years ago, and a pastor's wife got saved. Here in, our, here in our revival here at this church. You never know where a person is at. It will never be wrong to share the gospel. And that's exactly what Peter does. That's exactly what Peter does here. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. The word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from, Ju 
from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him, and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree, which is a reference to the cross. Him God raised up from raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witnessed that through his name, who, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Folks, that's the gospel. Peter shared the gospel with these, with these folks who may have seemed religious, who may have, and were religious, and were religious. But you know what? They were without Christ. And, and, and they were, and, and because of Cornelius' leadership in his home, because, because they were willing to hear the gospel, because they were willing to hear the gospel. And as Peter was doing this, as Peter was doing this, the Holy Spirit came down, and the manifestation of the Spirit in this place occurs. The manifestation of the Spirit in this place occurs. It says, and those of the circumcision, in other words, those Jewish, those Jewish Christians, those Messianic Jews, those those Jews who believed in Christ were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Remember, the gospel to the Jew first and then the Gentile. And praise God, it was for the Gentile. Praise God, it was for you and me as well. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. And, and, and again, the gospel is presented. The gospel is presented. Cornelius has led his family. Cornelius has taught his family right up to the point that he's taught them probably everything that he can teach them to prepare them for what is coming. And you know what? He really has no idea what's coming other than the fact he obediently did what the Lord told him through that angel and Peter came, Peter preached, people got saved. Is there, is there any doubt in your mind? You know, Acts, Acts was written so that we would know the history of the early church and the Acts of the Apostles. It's written so that we could know what they did so that we could better understand what we're to do. So that we can better understand what we're to do. Folks, is there any doubt in your mind what we are called to do? Is there any doubt in your mind? So I waited till the end of the day to do it. Who has that gospel? Who had that gospel conversation? Who had that gospel conversation this week? Who spoke to anybody about the Lord this week? Scott and Richard. Scott, take it away. As is our habit, we went out to eat. As is our habit when we go out to eat, we asked the waiter or waitress if there was anything we could pray for. Well, our server has two kids going into new schools 
family. Well, no. But our kids are going to a church, and they're going to a, a, a pretty good church, a good church. And uh, so then I asked, well, let me ask this then. You're not going to church. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Was there a time when you when you asked Christ to be your Lord? And she she answered emphatically, yes, 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 yes. Uh, so that was we celebrated that, you know, and, and got a chance to talk about that a little bit. But life is you know, sort of a it, it's a mixed family. There's husband and some kids. There's wife and some other kids, and they're all in this big. Circle of, of chaos, but in the end, she knows Jesus, and in the end, her kids at least are getting some church experience. They're they're interacting with a, with a youth group. So, Amen. Pretty easy to do, by the way. <laughs> Just ask a question. Richard. Mine happened because I wore my Mission Community Church t-shirt. I had no idea what, what was going to, I mean, I just wore it because it was the cleanest thing I had at the moment. Right? And, 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 you know, um, I can go through some shirts, especially in the summer. But anyway, so, so I, I wear it, I, go, I walk into a bank of all the places in the world. And I mean, it started the moment I walked up to the first teller, and it didn't end until I walked out the door. That people wanted to talk about my T-shirt. They wanted to talk about my T-shirt. And, and so, you know what? It's like, it's like the dangling carrot, okay? Because it was, just like, it was just like, okay, if you people want to talk about this, then let's talk about this, okay? And, and, I, and I praise the Lord that, that the one lady that I spoke to for the longest amount of time was a, was a believer in the Lord Jesus. And you, you know what? Like Scott said, it's, it's so very easy. It's so very easy that all you have to do is do it. Do you know that there will be many, many, many Christians who will probably leave this earth and have never shared the gospel with anybody? With no one. With no one. And, and, and I tell you, what, what, what a travesty. What a travesty. Josh. Brandon has one.
was saying, like, uh, he's done all these bad things and all this stuff, and um, one in particular actually said he, he killed a man uh, at some point in his life, don't know that, but um, in talking to him, he said that, you know, well, because I've done all these bad things, I'm, I'm probably going to hell. And I had to stop him right there and said, well, hey, you know, if, if, if you truly believe in, in Jesus and Jesus is your, is your Savior, you're not going to hell. Like it doesn't matter the things that you're that you've done because of the blood of Jesus. Like you, you have to hold fast to that and 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 pursue that instead of thinking, well, Jesus is your savior, but you've done all these bad things and, and still live in that shame. Granted, the Lord only knows where his heart is, but it was just really interesting in talking about what we're sitting here talking about that that happened yesterday. So in the midst of that, huh? praise the Lord. And there was another gentleman on the boat uh, who was another fisherman that, upon wrapping things up, the guy that I was talking to and this other guy kind of had some stuff going on with one of his family members, so we were able to, like, you know, huddle up and pray with him and stuff. And it kind of, like, when we first arrived, it was kind of weird because I, I, they didn't know what to think. You know, we're just these people rolling up with video cameras on, on their fishing boat. Um, but it was just really cool the way, uh, I guess, maybe the Lord used that opportunity. Who knows what in those guys' lives, but it was just, it was really interesting. So let's go back to what we talked about, God's orchestration of things. God putting, God putting, preparing this group for this group, and this group having no idea what's about to come, and so on, and God doing all of this, and, and, and you know what? So many times, those things pass by through our lives and it's sometimes the light bulb comes on and we say look at what the Lord did and other times it's long after the effect we go wow man man God did God did a tremendous thing here and I missed most of it because I was so involved in what was going on that I wasn't able to see everything that God did folks I just want you to know that you can't have any greater conversation with anyone. People like to talk. Most people like to talk. And, and you know what? They'll, they'll, talk about, they'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. You just need to steer the conversation in the, in, in the right direction to have that gospel-centered conversation so that, so that <clears throat> if this happens to be a person's day of salvation then you, you know what? You're going to get to see the harvest. You're going to get to see the harvest right then and there. Can you, can you imagine what Peter walked into? Can you imagine a field ripe unto harvest that Peter walked into? And you know, Peter really had no idea what he was walking into. Peter had no idea what that was going to look like. Y'all had no idea who you would meet and what you would see in that setting. None of, us, none of us really know where, where this journey will lead, where we will go and who we will speak to. But I praise God. But I praise God that he leads us every step of the way. He guides each and every step. I believe that. I believe each and every one of our steps is guided by the Lord. So don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to have the conversation. And you know what? If you, if you stumble a little bit in your conversation, that's all right. 
God's got it. God's going to take care of it. I've told you the story about the, the person we would go out on faith visits. And, you know, faith was an acronym to share the gospel with, F-A-I-T-H. Well, that particular night, the girl that was with me, she couldn't spell faith for nothing. I mean, she was college educated. She couldn't spell faith for nothing. And she spelled something, and people got saved. And you know what? It didn't matter. It didn't matter because the Lord had it. The Lord had it. The Lord takes care of these things. That's God's work. Saving people's lives is God's work. It's our, it's our work to open our mouths and to talk to people and to love people. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, Father, for all that you are doing in and through the book of Acts and, Father, in and through our lives. Father, and I want to I encourage each and every one of us to be about your business and to be, and, and, and to be willing to have a conversation with our family, to be willing to have a conversation with our friends, our coworkers, everybody that we come in contact with. Lord, that we would talk to folks and, Lord, we would let you do your work. And Lord, um, every once in a while we get to see people get saved. Maybe every once in a while we'll get a door slammed in our face. Maybe every once in a while we might even get spit in our face. But Lord, you love. You love people. And you desire a close and personal relationship with each and every one. Lord, I think about Chris right this moment, who's been diagnosed with breast cancer. And Lord, um, and Lord, this came, this diagnosis came long after her salvation. And Lord, I, I just right this moment, I, I praise your name for her faith and the strength of her faith and, and all that she will go through in this journey. And I, I, pray, I pray, Father, that you would heal her. I pray, Father, that you would take the breast cancer from her. But Lord, most of all, that you would use her, Father, as, as your instrument of the gospel going forth in the, in the new circles that she will now find herself in. Lord, I pray for the wisdom that she needs to, um, to make decisions about chemo and things like that. But Lord, um, we don't know why things come in our life the way they do. And Lord, um, and Lord sometimes it's... it's too big for us to handle. But Lord, but Lord, you are greater than it all. You're, you're great, greater and mightier, more powerful, more loving. Lord, you're a peace giver. Lord, you, you have this you have this firmly in your hand. And Lord, and Lord you, you, know, you know what's going to occur. And Lord, if we would just um, let go and, and trust you, and Lord, that you, would, um, that you would do things in our midst and in our lives that we could not, not even imagine. So Lord, take this time of invitation. Do with it as only you can. 
And Lord, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory. All this you most precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand together.